I think also just not putting pressure on yourself because children feed off of your energy as well. So they know when you're stressed about certain things Um, and just take it day by day. Try and do the work that's been sent through, but also look out for other resources. Um, I say almost like a freeing experience in terms of I've never had this amount of time off work. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's good. Um, but still there's a anxiousness about um, my job security. Played um, Mariah Carey's um, Honey. She played the original, not the remix. Come oh, on. No, we, need, we need the remix. You are listening to Colour Out The Box podcast. Join the conversation at Colour Out The Box on all socials. So welcome to Colour Out The Box podcast and as always this is Mo and this week I am joined by returnee guest May. It's so good to be back. Welcome back and we're recording via Zoom because we are still social distancing in lockdown. Yep in the middle of this pandemic but we are doing well. You know what one word that I definitely I'm over saying is pandemic. Um, pandemic, yep. Unprecedented times. <laughs> yep, that's another one for sure. For yeah. sure. Amid a crisis, I'm yep. I'm pretty over those um, phrases and terms, um, and just even just the word coronavirus or COVID nineteen. I feel you. Yeah, it's been a long, it's been a long stretch. Yeah. So the reason why I wanted to have you back on, um, May, is because you are a education professional, obviously, accolades, accolades, click, clicks. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to, I thought it would be a good opportunity to kind of like give your unique perspective in terms of what what the pandemic, what the current um, um, coronavirus um, crisis, the effects it has on the education systems, especially yeah. within the UK, and how your, your, I don't know, industry, how you guys are managing it. So maybe just a little bit about yourself and what's going on. Yep. Uh, so uh, thanks, Mo. As Mo said, yeah, I am an educator, work in primary school, a deputy head in a primary school. So I think uh, this whole situation has been pretty rough on teachers in particular. Mm. I know um, before the government made the decision to close the schools, uh, we'd already made a decision that it just it wasn't working having the kids in school. We dropped, we've got like over 170 kids. And then the final week before the school was closed, we dropped down to like 90. So parents had already made the decision to oh, okay, stop to, sending their, yeah, they just to take their kids felt, out of school, take the kids out. They just weren't happy with government advice. And obviously, it's really difficult to practice. Um, like social distancing in, in schools. And I think parents, rightly so, were just a bit concerned. Especially about with um, primary school. So primary school is what ages to what ages? So they range from like, yeah, they range listeners. from four, four to 11. Um, right. But also a lot of the time you're just telling them to wash their hands, you know, rightly so. But they're constantly washing their hands, constantly um, hand sanitizing. And then their levels of anxiety around... Right. Uh, for teachers as well and the adults in there mm. and we had a lot of we've got a lot of people in our in our school that fell into like the health, the high risk category as well so it just became evident that 
people were stressed. Right. Um, okay. And it just wasn't, it wasn't a, a conducive working environment. So we'd already made the decision that we were going to close um, just even due to staff shortage because we just didn't have enough staff to support because so many people were then self, self-isolating. Yes, of course. So I think that was that. But then obviously the government then said, oh, schools will be closed. But yes. everyone except for vulnerable um, children and key workers um, and then gave no advice or no support as to how schools were then meant to be open. So it was right. like okay. schools are closed for everybody um, from Monday. I think they made the announcement on the Thursday or the Friday, which meant the school leaders had the weekend to try and figure out how they were going to stay open for key workers' children and for vulnerable children. So there was no guidance or anything like that. On and top of I, that, also... And can I ask, yeah, what, so I understand key workers' children, so that's your NHS staff, that's anybody that has to work during this time. So I'm assuming that yeah. includes um, people that are working in the supermarkets and, yeah. and other like key services like that. Um, what What was the classification for vulnerable children? So vulnerable children would be anyone that's got uh, like what you call an educational healthcare plan. So they've got like right. a special educational need or they're known to uh, like social services and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so that, that category was clear. What wasn't clear when the government made their announcement was actually what, who essential workers children were oh, okay. and what, okay. were the, what were the essential workers jobs. So you yeah. would naturally just assume it was uh obviously people working in the NHS. Um, so uh, governor, government made their announcement and then Friday at four o'clock, they had finally released the list. Right. So, te- you know, schools a bit school- just didn't know who, how many children they were opening to, what yeah. the staff ratio was supposed to be. So it was a bit of a mess in that sense. But, um, you know, we were creative with it and we just joined a hub. Um, so there's a lot of schools in our in our borough that I'm based okay. in, and we sort of all join together. Oh, okay. To pull your resources, pull up, pull all our resources together because so many schools um, have like maybe less than ten kids. Well, in right. in our hub, definitely like less than ten kids at a time come in, um, which obviously shows that people are still quite nervous about sending their kids, but also people weren't abusing the the system in the sense that they were just sending their kids because they didn't want them right of course yeah yeah so I mean so that's that one side of it and then the other side is obviously home home learning and setting like remote learning yeah so how are you Uh, guys finding that yes so teachers um are basically just setting work for students and it goes out weekly um obviously there's a massive parents have got a big pressure on thinking that they have to educate their children um and I think I guess one of the messages that we're sending is you like we're not expecting you to do that you can only do what you can we're Mm. sending you maths lessons science lessons all these lessons and resources and ideas and things but don't feel pressured to do a full school day with your kids because so it's difficult so just for me because obviously I don't have any children not that I know Mm. of that's such a silly phrase but But um, I don't have any kids. Um, so what is the expectation? Is it the expectation to try and, as a parent, get your kids to finish the curriculum that would they would have covered for that for the school year? Or is it just to maintain a certain level or keep them occupied? Like what, what do you think is a good so guidance? I, I, for me, guys, the good guidance is, is there is no, there shouldn't be an expectation to finish the curriculum because um, parents, 
are not teachers mm-hmm. don't have uh, have the skill sets in some cases to do it mm-hmm. um so it really is just about doing what you can um keeping your children afloat really um and yeah in some senses keeping them occupied but also ensuring that they're learning and i guess whatever you're doing with your kids um that's been sent through from the teachers or if you're using certain websites and stuff your children are learning um bearing in mind as we say it's like a difficult time for everyone and children's structure and routine has been completely changed and they don't have a clue what's going on um and naturally your mum and dad and you're not teacher and so a lot of the times because we do weekly check-ins with certain children oh, okay. or most families. So I'm calling quite a few families regularly. Kids don't necessarily want to sit down and do a maths lesson with their mum or their dad or do a science lesson. They're quite content maybe doing a bit of exercise with Joe Wicks in the morning um, yeah. and reading a few books um, <laughs> and playing. But I guess that the main thing is just to keep, definitely keep a timetable and keep structure. It's important okay. for them to have structure. Um, cause it's just, otherwise it's just pressure, a lot of pressure to think, oh, okay, nine o'clock they do this. And then they've got, I've got to do an hour of maths, an hour of literacy, and then I've got to do the science. I've got to do the RE and the history. And it's like, no, just chill. These are guides for the week. And I would say a lot of parents are still working from home. Yep. So, um, a few of my friends have just said the working from home, having the kids at home, it's just all been, it's almost, it's quite overwhelming. Um, yeah. I was talking to occupied and educated as well. Exactly. And I was talking to to someone who's got two kids Mm. um, in different year groups. Um, So two kids in primary school with different year groups and um, she's got a newborn. Um, Her and her, her and her husband are both working from home. Well, she's on maternity leave, but she's just like, this is, is just ridiculous. Um, And she's trying to help one child, but then, needs to be in like three different places and yeah so she's you know people really find it hard and like not many people in London have houses or gardens yes yeah outside so space is really is really come um to the forefront in terms of like yeah you know it is really a privilege to have a garden even a balcony yeah. I mean, I'm loving my balcony at the moment. I don't think I've ever been so grateful for it. <laughs> Although it is raining right now, so it can't be out there. But definitely during this lock time, it's been helpful. See, I don't have a balcony. I have a fire escape, which <laughs> my neighbour uses to smoke. Oh. <laughs> so it, I don't have... So what, what I tend to do is I've been going out early morning to just go and have yeah. a walk. But it does make you appreciate, even like you said, just having a balcony or just having a um, a garden, even if it's small, just so you've mm. got a little bit of outside space. Yeah. So I just, I was thinking the other day, I, yeah, like similar to you, I don't have kids, um, but to be in lockdown with children in a flat, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. <laughs> so how, how do you think um, as a deputy head, as a teacher, what's your concerns about, okay, if they open the schools back up, we're assuming it's going to be in September um, in time for the new school year. What mm. are the challenges that you think that you guys will be facing in terms of picking, trying to pick up where you guys yeah. stopped, which would have been um, um, early March, March when they closed, yeah. closed the schools? So several months uh, yeah. of um, children not going to school at all. I think the um, just one of a couple of things I think is making sure that there's enough time to prepare. 
Um, So we can't have what we had last time where the government just said, okay, schools are closing. There needs to be adequate time for schools to prepare. Um, And obviously there needs to be discussions about social distancing and how that's going to happen in classrooms of 30. Um, how is it going to be like staggered entry back into school mm-hmm. um, is there going to be PPE equi- equipment like all those those kind of things and then in terms of the children themselves as much as um, their education is important and their progress they've missed so much of school the other thing that's going to be really important for them is their well-being um, right. so course. many people so many children are going to experience trauma during this time um, bereavement for some families um the the stress of the um you know they were saying something about domestic violence calls are, are on the rise there's so many children that are in family situations that are just more children than you actually know of or can imagine are in situations mm. where being at home during this time is actually detrimental to their well-being um and obviously if children don't have good well-being and aren't emotionally ready then they're not going to learn anyway um but then also it's we're in the same position as everyone across the uk is course, how yeah. do you how, how do you plug the gaps like what do we need to focus on is everyone like how are you going to do assessments these are all conversations that we're having um and i think they'll take time yes. um but then i guess it's different some so so many parents are like oh they just want their kids to learn and what are we going to do about their progress and how are we going to make sure that they meet like what are their, their expectations and stuff like that and which is which is all fair but again as we say we just we don't know what we're going to do so it's ongoing conversations I mean I'm more of a an emotional well-being and making sure children are ready and can access their learning because you see over your years of teaching just how detrimental it is Mm. Um, and then I guess with everything else we'll figure it out as we as we we move but they are learning that's the thing isn't it that work has been sent home and parents are doing the best that they can so I know, I don't know if this is applicable because you do primary school age. In terms of this whole thing where the government said um, the exams um, that would have been taken this summer, so like GCSEs, A-levels, I have a few friends that have like teenagers that they would have been going to university. So they're doing their final um, A-level. They would have been doing their final A-level exams and are going to be assessed on predicted grades and Mm. um, maybe potentially coursework. It still doesn't seem to be 100% clear. What's your thoughts on that? And how easy is that as, as a teacher to make those assessments? Yeah. At at primary school, we've got like SATs and they basically just said that they're not going to do the SATs, the year two and the year six SATs. There's there's not going to, they're not doing them. So uh, we haven't had any guidance on what it's going to look like in terms of uh, assessment. I guess we're always judged on our performance base at the end of key stage assessments, but we're not going to have them. So I guess it will just be uh, a blank year for primary school. I'm not quite sure what they do with secondary school, but I mm. was talking to uh, my cousin who's all, who's in year 11. Um, and when she found out it was predicted grades, she just cried because she yeah. was like, oh, I've been revising, I've been studying um, and obviously doing like my coursework and stuff. And, you know, I know I didn't do so well in some of my mocks, but, you know, it's almost like, you know, I want to be able to prove what I can do. And I think for so many children in secondary school, like it's really heartbreaking for them not to be able to do their GCSEs yeah, um, and to be judged on predicted grades. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we just don't know. 
Really? Because even all those years and years ago that I did my <laughs> um, GCSEs, um, my predicted grades were quite good, but there were one or two mm. subjects where they were not. And yeah. I outperformed in my exams. Mm-hmm. So um, so that was, so the predicted grades, I remember um, one subject, I really had to push them to let me do the higher paper. Oh um, yeah, I remember higher and foundation papers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did all my all my exams were higher. Um, yes, so, yes, <laughs> so I remember doing. I remember having to persuade. Um, I think it was maybe for like geography, persuade the teacher to um, allow me to sit the higher um, paper, and I was able to get I think a B or something like that. So mm-hmm. it. I I feel for for the students here because, like you said, there's some people. That some people are really good at coursework and yeah. their um, pre-work and they are not exam people. So they would have, they're, they're going to benefit from this system. Mm-hmm. And there's other um, children that literally just pull it out the bag last minute and yeah. would have had investment from their parents in terms of like tutors and time to get mm-hmm. them ready to sit their exams. So I do feel for them, but I don't know what a right answer would be. And I, and I feel like government uh, definitely still just trying to figure it out. I've got a couple of friends who are secondary school based. And like initially when it started, a couple of my friends were like, do I mark this coursework? Do I not mark this coursework? You yeah. know, like, what are we doing? I just think at the time it was more about just getting into lockdown and closing schools and they probably weren't ready or hadn't thought through all the of other course. things. Because it took a while for everything to start coming out. But yeah, so we'll see. I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting times for for education, for school, uh, teachers, children, like the works. Um, and yeah, obviously the impact of what the lockdown is going to have. As teachers, you don't know what your children are going to be like when they come back. Yes. Uh, and what parents are going to be like as well. So it's, it's a hard one. What, what? So just to wrap up this discussion, what kind of final advice would you give to parents um, during this time if they could do just one thing or two things or three things? What would you give them in, in terms of advice, in terms of like managing their children's um, well-being education? Yeah, I would say um, definitely have like a timetable for your day. So know what mm. you're going to do. It doesn't necessarily need to be filled with work, but it, there, there needs to be structure with breaks and time to play. Um, make sure your children are sleeping like even though we're not um, they're not going to school in that sense make sure they're getting enough sleep because that's I think that's really really important Um, having conversations and being really frank and direct with them obviously not going into too much detail but just being very clear about you know where they are with lockdown I know a lot of the kids I'm talking to understand the fact that they're in lockdown because of the because of the coronavirus okay Um, they understand that good they, um, they understand that and I think also just not putting pressure on yourself because children feed off of your energy as well. So they know when you're stressed about certain things um, and just take it day by day. Try and do the work that's being sent through, but also look out for other resources. Um, I know like the BBC Bite Size have put together whole links of, of lessons and things like that. Okay. And some some other thing called, I think it's Oak Oakland National or something, but they've got online lessons for children that are coming out. Um, and you can just, they can just be plugged into the computer and obviously you can still work with them, but it takes the pressure off you because there's someone else doing like a video recording. Right. Okay. Uh, and keep it fun. Like 
get baking i know like the whole nation is baking because it's taken me like two weeks to get some flour so i mean there's there's no eggs (laughs) (laughs) i found um, eggs this morning on my walk like when i say i found eggs i had to go to like two different sainsbury's but because everyone's baking egg flour is gone (laughs) it took me two weeks to find flour and I was so grateful for the woman because I saw this woman in Sainsbury's get down on her hands and knees obviously she was looking at the back to Ah. find the flour so she picked one and I was like oh and she's like there's one more left do you want it I was like yes (laughs) so I made banana bread yesterday oh nice I know I'm feeling good so yeah that's my advice for for parents um at the moment and don't be too hard on yourself Maybe we can just share in the podcast description some of those um, resources, links to yeah, those. Well, yeah, we'll do that for sure. Okay, let's take a moment. So, um, May, moving on, I thought it'd be probably good to have a bit of a discussion about the whole furlough um, situation. Yeah. So, um, just for the listeners' um, benefit, I'm actually on furlough. Um, I've been on furlough for the last few weeks and I remember when I first got put on furlough I was quite anxious mm. so just to explain so at the moment um, to um, to support um, people during this time especially um, businesses where you don't have um, essential key workers um, yeah. and the government wants us to stay at home but also because there's actually less work to be done so mm-hmm. um, if you work for um, uh, you know, depending on what your company does, a lot of people just don't have customers or there's just no kind of like business activity. So um, the company that I worked for put majority of the workforce onto furlough, which yeah. basically means the government is paying up to 80% of your wages capped at 2500 per month. Um, gross so you still have to pay tax um, which we found out <laughs> you'll pay tax and national insurance um, on that salary but it just means that for the period um, that you're on furlough you have some money coming in um, yeah can on. I ask yeah. did your company because um, I, I know someone that was put on furlough and their company made up the 20% yes yes um but so did yours my, do that no so, <laughs> so, i'm really laughing at your face have you seen my face right now <laughs> so no <laughs> so and and that is really it, it's a real kind of strange situation because um yeah it's at first as i said i was really anxious about it but now it's been I say almost like a freeing experience in terms okay. of I've never had this amount of time off work. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's good. Um, but still there's a anxiousness about um, my job security because as we've seen, a lot of companies have um, um, gone into administration because yeah. I think what the coronavirus has done is basically highlighted if you've got any financial issues within your company it's mm-hmm. been now amplified um it's almost like a catalyst so those businesses have not been able to survive so it really has shown which businesses were strong in the first place versus yeah. those that were probably quite close to the edge of the cliff um and i guess so, yeah. there's some i mean there's some companies 
or you know businesses that have put people on furlough and it's a bit shocking um so you like I wouldn't have expected but then I guess I mean like Victoria Beckham obviously put her her Mm. staff on furlough that's a big talk about that a big thing at the at the moment like just to pick the companies that you weren't expecting um yeah it's been a bit of a shock so uh, what's your thoughts on so you've got so Victoria Beckham's um I think it's her fashion company yeah that, um she's put her staff on into furlough um Richard Branson um I recall him like part owner of Virgin because I don't mm. think he has a big share in the company but Virgin have um are have put a number of their staff onto furlough and also requesting a government bailout. What's your thoughts uh, about these companies that, to be honest, have a front person that is quite famous and yeah. personal wealth yeah. requesting money to support their staff? Do you think they have just as much right as everyone else? Or I mean, I do think you it's... think they should be putting their hand in their pocket? I mean, you, you would, you would, I would think that you just put your hand in your pocket, especially, really? well, I just think, or maybe I'm being harsh because of who, who the people are, but, yeah. and, and then, and I guess at the same time, you've got to think about the business. So, uh, obviously Victoria Beckham, it's a fashion. No one's really buying no. fashion. Um, and I guess where they're getting things made is like, probably you're on not, lockdown. You're, you're not going to be buying that fitted, um, no, you're not buying a dress. What you no. probably are buying are those stretchy trousers. <laughs> exactly um so but then there's other people I think Simon Cowell's still paying his staff so um I mean I I was shocked when I when I saw it and I I know there's lots of memes going around like you know sell your handbag collection or um sell one of your private yachts or you Mm. know put your island on sale those kind of those kind of things yeah Richard Branson does have an island (laughs) (laughs) Um, um you know what? I think I can see it from two points of view. Um, I guess from a business point, a business stand, you know, I can see why you would put people on furlough. The government's offered to, you know, to do it. I mean, we're going to be paying for this for years to come. The only thing I would say is um, I, I think it's so situational and I do mm. think that it's, so I do I do get people's like concern, but for me, the furlough scheme is there to protect people's jobs. Yeah. Um, and I think where if we didn't have it, those those people would probably be just made redundant. And but do you? I was going to say, do you not think obviously protecting people's jobs? I guess it is during the coronavirus, but yeah. after the coronavirus, it's very likely that most of these people that have been put on furlough in some businesses, especially like uh, some industries are going to end up losing their jobs. Yeah. It, yeah. There is there is a high chance. So even within my own situation, there is a good chance that I may, I may lose my job. Um, but at least at right now, yeah. while everything is closed, yeah there's a little bit of money coming in. So if I mm-hmm. do lose my job, at least I'm co- almost covered until we reopen the outside. So yeah. then if I do lose my job, I can look for another job. Because right now looking for a job is is near impossible considering that most businesses are just literally just closed down. Yeah. And even that's the same for education in terms of looking yeah. for jobs. Obviously you'll always be looking for teachers, but no one's 
no one's advertising. No, um, no. most well, I don't mean it's going to happen. Yeah. So, so going back to um, the Victoria and Richard Branson example, um, I think the reason why maybe Richard Branson has been receiving a lot of backlash is because he doesn't pay UK tax on his own mm. personal wealth. And I think that is a bit of the, that's the bit for me, that's the little oh, bit yeah. like, I'm not sure. Because otherwise, I think any company that has employees um, that are, you know, um, British citizens, they mm-hmm. should be able to access that money because it's about us as a country. As you said, we're all going to pay for this in the next like 10, 20 years. Taxes yeah. are going to be higher. Get ready to pay for your loaf of bread plus, you know, 10 pounds in tax. So <laughs> we're all going to pay for it. So I think everybody should be able to then um, take use of um, the support. But I do, there is a little bit of me that's a bit like you're, you're not even contributing to the UK um, economy through taxes. And and the fact that he wants to bail out as well. Yeah, do you get to benefit from the system that you haven't put money into from your personal wealth? Because obviously his business, um, if you have any like um, UK operation, you'll be paying some kind of corporate tax. But Mm -hmm. from his personal wealth, he hasn't paid any um, taxes. What do you think about that? No, I mean, I agree with you. I just think that he should. I, yeah, it's annoying that he's asking for, I'm a bit annoyed that he's asking for the bailout, but also, yeah, right. definitely. I mean, yeah, I think the bailout is is annoying. But if you're not paying taxes, um, then why should we be supporting? Mm. I mean, I guess the airline industry is a different one, isn't it? Because I think it's going to take longer for people to actually want to travel. I think yeah. opening up opening up shops and stuff, fair enough. But I definitely, I mean, I had three holidays planned. Even like all the companies I'm talking with or whatever that's telling me to reschedule or for the this year, I'm like, I don't really think I'm going to be getting anywhere this I'm, year. I'm supposed to be going to the Caribbean. I should have gone like in the month of March. Obviously that got cancelled. So, yeah. so we've rescheduled to later on in the year. And genuinely, I hope I do get to go, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen. No. I mean, I'm supposed to be on a hen weekend abroad next week. That's not happening. I was meant yes. to be in America last month. Not happening. And then like a European destination, not happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think the airline industry definitely is going to be hit really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of offers. Like my emails are flooded with like 20% yeah. off, 50% off, 30% off. But loungewear no, I don't candles. like with the emails if they like you know hope you're keeping well during this um these unprecedented times and we've got 50% off <laughs> here's, a, here's a promo code I think it was like one of someone one company sent like a promo code so they had like percentages off dresses and I'm like where am I wearing these things to <laughs> to the living room <laughs> to the living room <laughs> to the walls <laughs> <laughs> to the balcony <laughs> <laughs> the windows yeah. to the walls <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh but yeah okay. yeah so um yeah so it's it will be interesting so anyone that is on furlough um my advice to you is to read the government guidelines website i remember when i first put on furlough that website was actually updated three times in the space of a week as yeah. um, the 
government, as you said, were just thinking of things and adding it on. So when they first announced the 2,500, there wasn't a um, guidance on whether you're going to pay tax on it. So they added that later. So just continue to read the government um, website and understand your rights as well. Um, Mm -hmm. It's okay to challenge your employer if you feel that they're doing something that isn't correct. And um, the information is out there. So there was a couple of queries that my friends have had with their companies and they've literally, I've just said, sent them screenshots to send Mm. to their employer. And I'm not saying that their employer was trying to do something untowards. It's just there's genuine confusion as to what is okay and what is not and what is required and what is not. Great. I'll put a link to it in the podcast description that podcast description is going to be (laughs) it's going to be a resource (laughs) (laughs) okay so may one of the things is i put out a question to um the audience in terms of we're recording what do you want us to talk about you know inundated (laughs) of course of course this is a popular podcast Okay, I got one response, um, okay. but it was Don't from disheartened. Uh, <laughs> no, no, never disheartened. And just on that point, use the hashtag color out the box. DM me. I love a chat in the DMs, especially <laughs> during these times. During these times, I'm very available. Just message. Use the at at us if you've listened to one of our episodes. If you disagree with something we've said, you know who likes her at us people that like to um, fact check me (laughs) (laughs) I love it because I am always like let me issue an apology on the next episode so (laughs) so yeah please do I love I love feedback so um one of the things that I got sent to me and it's from um Alex from Alex and Friends podcast former guest on here um check out episode together And she said, people intentionally choosing not to embrace this time, too busy missing what was and not embracing what is. Mm. Mm. Does this time favor the more introverted than the extrovert? Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of chat about like the introverts versus the extroverts during this time. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I... (sighs) What, I don't know, so where, do you, do you, where do you fall? Oh, I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> um, you go first. So what do you self-identify as? <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely an introvert. Okay. Uh, I think, although I think I fall in the middle, but okay. obviously a lot of people around me like, no, you're an introvert. I think in comparison to my friends, okay. um, I like my own space. I like my own company. Um, and I like to socialize on like, not necessarily my terms, but I think there's a limit to how much socializing I can do. And then I just get a little bit overwhelmed. So I'm the type of person that will go to like a party, but mm. I won't be there all day, like all night. Yes. I'll, I'll have a cut off point where I'm like, okay, I'm going now. So um, I, based yeah. upon what I know of you, um, <laughs> I would definitely put you in the middle because um, there are definitely times when I know you want to be in your house, in your space, but yeah. there are other times when you're ready to turn up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, definitely I would, I'd put you um, closer to the middle and everything. So yeah, 
I agree. What about you? I won't say what I think about you first. You go. <laughs> so I identify and also have been tested as an introvert. Yeah. A strong, strong introvert, which I think people, some people do find surprising that maybe like we have a podcast and, you know, you, you I can be super chatty. I love a chat. Yeah. Um, but I'm much, and I think it's also people's understanding of what introvert and extroverts are. And so I always explain like as an introvert, it's not that I dislike hanging around with people. It's that when I am with other people, it takes, they draw energy out of me. So I can become quite tired after a lot of social interaction. Mm -hmm. Whereas as introverts, we we kind of like um, draw our energy from being alone, whereas extroverts draw their energy from other people. So, so I've got a, almost kind of like um, they're pulling from me, and I'm trying to push to them. If that makes sense, yeah, so, that yeah. makes sense. So I, yeah, I identify as an introvert. Do you agree? <laughs> yes, definitely, hundred and ten percent. But I I get what you what you um sort of said about people drawing on you because I think that's like me in terms of the social socializing yes. where I've got like a limit to it and then I'm done with it. Yes. Um and I guess sometimes it can be a I don't think I'm as abrupt as you are. Sometimes like we're vibing <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I'm going now. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> the thing is, I think that you have probably gotten used to is like when I say I'm leaving, you know, some people just... like you know, some people are like, oh yeah, I'm gonna leave in a bit. Um, yeah. And then an hour later, they're still like, you know, in the venue. But yeah. because I've told you I'm leaving, I don't, I don't see the purpose of coming now to say goodbye again. So I'm, yeah. oh, there, I'm off now. And then I'll get, I've even had it where someone's messaged me to say, where are you? And I'm like, I'm, I'm on the bus. Like, oh, I'm in my house. <laughs> I told you I was leaving. Yeah. You like that. Whereas I think I have, a, I'm a bit more of a wind down person. So I'm okay. like, okay, I'm probably going to go in about half an hour, 40 minutes. Like I'm Fair going enough. soon, like preparing the people that I'm with, that I'm actually going to be leaving. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, so back to Alex's question. Um, what do you think to her point that people are intentionally choosing not to embrace this time? So this time of us being home, Many of mm. us are not working or working remotely. The children are off. Um, but you do have a lot of people complaining, saying that they miss the outside. You have a lot of people that are not abiding by the social distancing yeah. and lockdown. Um, it's one of the reasons why I don't go out during the daytime. Yeah. Um, I only go out early in the morning or in the evening because there's just too many people out and about. Yeah. Um, what do you no, I, What do you think of that? I think, yeah, I think definitely at, at the beginning, like it was people were like gearing themselves up for like a three week lockdown or two week, whatever they thought, yeah. and obviously couldn't get anything on Amazon. You couldn't get like dumbbells, weights, uh, yeah. exercise mat, like anything you wanted, even like a coloring book. People just went hardcore on like trying to fill themselves with things to do. And then, um, and I think, and then afterwards, as we started to get deep into it, people were suddenly like. You, you get a bit fed up of all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that's when people started to get restless and wanting to be outside. And even when you're outside, there's not like there's anything to do anyway. So I, you know, I think people aren't necessarily used in their, their time. And I think for me in particular, I definitely did that and like bought 
all this stuff on stuff on Amazon because I knew I was going to be in my house and I know mm-hmm. what I'm like would have been I'm happy being inside um but definitely I think maybe more so for introverts um or people that I'm talking to are a bit more like open to doing more things and like using their time so like I've got a friend that's writing songs someone's started their, their novel uh I bought out the keyboard so I've been playing keyboards mm. um every day um yeah but then also I know people actually saying that are extroverts and I'm being quite creative so like my sister's like seems to be like she's similar to you she's on furlough as well but she's definitely doing a lot more things um yeah, I just don't see why people, we're never going to get this time again. I know it's like a difficult time, a difficult period to be in, but when are we ever going to get this time where we're like this? Yeah. And like all the things that you say you want to do and you're not able or you haven't been able to do or you don't have time to do it, you've got time to do it. So, you know, do it. But but I the only thing I would say is I think people, some people felt a pressure to be active, to be yeah. busy to be creative, to mm-hmm. be learning a new skill. And um, on the Colour Out the Box blog, we actually yeah. um, put out a recent blog of things to do during quarantine. Yeah. And number 10 on that list was, it's okay to just take a rest. Yeah, to, and, and that's so true. And not feel guilty for maybe, okay, y- y- you get up, get dressed, but maybe you spent the day just reading or maybe you just had a bit of a think to yourself for a few hours yeah That's and I okay. think because we're we're in a culture where everything is like if you haven't if something's not on Instagram if it's not on Twitter if it's not like if there's not a picture attached to it then you're not doing anything and I agree there definitely was a pressure for people to be like all of a sudden like let's be bakers and let's see what we can create and let's yeah. see you know what skill we're you know we've got like we're in like a work whatsapp group I talk about work whatsapp groups but anyway we're in one and <laughs> like the first the week at <laughs> uh, the first week people are just posting pictures of like all the stuff that they're doing like yeah. oh I've done this this morning and it's 10 o'clock I am legit still in my pjs yeah and these people you know people have done all sorts so I, I agree definitely like just spending time just to chill it's okay just to relax um what are some of the things that you've done as an introvert during this time to be honest um my life during lockdown is not too different to say like a weekend for me. Yeah. So it just feels like a, a long weekend. My room, mm. my weekend routine of I get, I get up, I'm quite a morning person. So up yeah. early, go for my walk, do um, some chores, um, do some work. All of those things, I'm happily just doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to podcasts, so just you know, listen to podcasts, listen to music. So for me, it's not been the hard transition. Um, mm-hmm. I don't miss going out. I miss hanging out with people, definitely, but I yeah. I don't miss say like going out to bars really that much. I probably miss going to restaurants. Yeah. yeah I, miss food. I miss, I miss the restaurants. I miss I meeting mean, you have to cook for, for yourself every day. I know. And this <laughs> like is good. Every thing, day. <laughs> this is why the structure is so important. Cause I think if I wake up later, yeah. then I'm not on time. So I eat my breakfast at a certain time. And then like, it gets to a certain point where you're like, okay, I'm going to eat lunch at like one. Let's say, I'm gonna, let's start prepping around 12. I'm going to eat. Mm. And then I feel like I'm eating on time in the evening. Um, as well but yeah but again I 
I, I think to myself, I don't know, this is just me here. I think to myself, I don't know how people are doing it with like children or like yes. a really, you know, a really, really demanding job in that sense. Because some people are really, you know, work is still throwing it all at them. I mean, obviously I am still working from home, but my role is like slightly more strategic. Okay. Um, so not as not as pressured as like teachers that actually have a class. The one thing I wanted to ask, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to. So say if they say we're definitely going to be in lockdown for another three months, you live alone. Mm. Would you go and stay at your mum's house? Um, and then you can ask me the same question. I Probably not. And the reason why I wouldn't, um, <laughs> Or, or stay at anyone's is because everyone's in such close proximity to exactly, me. Exactly, exactly. And so I feel like I. Someone was talking about this yesterday. Um, who else I know that lives alone was like, "How are you coping?" And then they were like, "Oh, you literally live really close to pretty much everybody." So I mean, on my walk this morning, I strolled by, waved, dropped <laughs> off some banana bread, had a, had a chat. Obviously, at a distance, came home. Yeah. <laughs> What about you? I mean, what about you? So I've not lived at home for many a year. Yeah. <laughs> so I, what I have found is because I am an introvert and my mum is opposite to me, she is an mm. extrovert. We actually yeah. did one of those um, personality tests and I asked her to do it and I came out as an advocate um, with, yeah, you know, introvert um, kind of like characteristics, and she was she came out as the entertainer, <laughs> which you yeah, know my mum, yeah, it's her definite. description. She's yeah. she's quite a character. So during this time, she has found it quite difficult because mm. she has a very um, busy and active social life. So she yeah. went out. She has friends. She goes to the theatre. Yeah. She's part of these endless women's group, you know. Mm-hmm. It, she joined a choir. She, so wow. many activities that yeah. she has. So to go from that to basically every day she has something to do during the day and in the evening, plus she's mm-hmm. semi-retired, to now staying at home. So mm-hmm. those first few weeks, we she really did complain and we really had to push her to stay at home yeah how she's kind of settled into the new normal yeah but she definitely does miss like the that social aspect of interacting with people yeah and I think I you know naturally you do I miss that as well I think like missing hanging out with people just missing being like oh what are you up to you know like when the weather was quite nice and you're like hey what you up to fancy meeting for whatever shall we brunch this that like you can't have any of those plans yeah um but yeah, I'm definitely missing eating out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, as I said, my, my life is pretty much the same. Um, the only diff- major difference is I have been too scared to order um, food delivery. Yeah, I'm not even going to do that. I did it once recently and it stressed me out so much because... The guy was outside my door and I was like, can you leave it on, on the mat? Leave it on the doorstep. <laughs> and he just was standing there. I could see him like oh, the door's gosh. got a window. So I was like, 
I'm not going to open the door until you leave it. And then there was a whole thing of like, you know, taking the food out of the packaging, spraying everything. So, um, <laughs> so I probably ingested quite a lot of Dettol over this period because <laughs> everything I buy that comes from outside, I like spray with like Dettol. Oh, but then when it like, when is, yeah. Like, when do you not do that in that sense? Like, I just feel like for me, that's just a bit OTT. Yeah, it is. But it's what I've been doing. <laughs> and yeah. now that I've been doing it, because now that I've been doing it, I see it as like, maybe that's what stopped me from catching Corona. Though I don't yeah. know if I have, I could be asymptomatic. But in my head, I can't stop yeah. now. So. I mean to be yeah I mean it's like going out with like the gloves and stuff like that I guess it's also what makes you feel safe because I know like even when I go out to do like food shopping I realize how stressed I get being outside like even yes. if I've got like gloves on and a mask on like if someone is like even a little bit closer to me like yeah. I really watch like the markings on the floor to make yeah. sure that they're in their space <laughs> um, and I, I used to go, uh, I used to do most of my food shopping in Sainsbury's, but I feel like my local Sainsbury's lets far more people in than yeah. the Waitrose and Marks and Spencer's. Like Waitrose and Marks and Spencer's, they're just letting like two, three people in. So <laughs> I'm just doing all my shopping, like the money that I would be spending on travel, I'm just using it in m and Waitrose yeah. because there's yeah. less people in the store. All, all my furlough <laughs> money is going on food and it's just making me fat, but you know, that's another story. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so do, um, do check out, um, color out the box blog, um, for 10 things to do during quarantine and lockdown. It's just really simple advice an easy read. And we'll be having some more content on the blog from also, um, guest co-hosts like May. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely get, get some things down. Yeah. So um, do look out for that. So that's at colouroutthebox.com. Okay. Great. Right. So May, just to lighten things up ever so slightly. Ever so um, slightly. Come on. Ever then. so slightly. So <laughs> we're we're all at home. So one of the things that I have been um oh so basically we are going to do highlight of the week. And okay. just a reminder to everybody, because I haven't done it for a while, um, highlight of the week is anything we want to bring a spotlight to, a shine to, and share with our listeners. So I wanted to talk about my personal highlight of the week has been all the sound clashes and like music <laughs> battles that have been taking place online for good and I mean, bad reasons. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, been a, there's been one in particular. So yeah, so obviously Timberland and Swiss Beats um, started it, I think, with their clash, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which I didn't actually watch because um, from what I heard, um, it was a bit funny. Timberland didn't take it super seriously, but it got a lot of attention. So mm-hmm. they have now set up this um, um, platform called Versus. With yeah. Um, so where they're pairing together um, like producers and artists and singers from the, um, the industry. And basically you go 10 for 10 with like yeah. your biggest hits in a battle. So um, the one that's probably the most recent and the most famous in the whole world <laughs> is the Teddy Riley and Babyface battle 
Part that one and part two. Part one. Part one. Part one. Part one made. Um, I was so confused. I was like, this is a joke. I mean, um, you probably was as confused as Teddy Riley was about how to use Instagram Live. So <laughs> if you haven't seen it, just, just go onto YouTube, type Teddy Riley versus Babyface. It's all there. But I think it was the memes. The memes will forever yes. have me laughing. Yeah. Um, you definitely sent some to me and I was just like, yeah. Uh, I think there so, was one where it's like, the one with Teddy, one with the audio guy, one with Babyface, and then one with like... <laughs> all of us (laughs) so one so just to give some context um it was delayed the clash because um, babyface um actually had coronavirus yeah and had to recover and so they had to delay it Mm -hmm. but even before they delayed it teddy riley was like talking about how he wanted it on his own platform he wanted a panel of judges he wanted this and everyone was like it's just it's an instagram live it's 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 very very low-key it's very simple cool fast forward now to we we had it so babyface he was in his home studio in his plush, you know, um, velvet jacket, sunglasses. Sipping, sipping on his drink. Sipping on some, I can only suspect his cognac from the finest of cognac trees. I don't know where you get cognac from. And um, Teddy Riley now had um, a DJ. He had a visual screen behind him. Um, he had um, a dancer. <laughs> um there, he had several cameramen, um, audio people. There was a lot. And I think he the best line from, from that moment was when Babyface was just like, I'm just here on my own social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I think throughout the whole thing, like both of them was Babyface's actual facial expression. Yes. Like that is like your mood. It should be your mood at all times. Yes. <laughs> just chill it. I, I literally um, just like God, give me the patience of Babyface because I don't have it. I'd have walked off. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think the thing is though. Obviously, when they came back for round two, and obviously, whilst there were still some technical difficulties, um, it was whatnot, amazing. It was really, really good. I think there was a point where Teddy was like, "Yo, this cannot happen again." He was like, "Close the, close the blind, <laughs> close this. I need to plug in the headphones." He was mortified. <laughs> but so, all in all. It yeah, so for, for when they did round two, the, the rematch, the, which they literally did within two days of the original yeah. one, um, they were, there was over 500,000 people trying to, yeah. trying to watch on live. I kept on getting kicked out, so I had to watch via YouTube where somebody was um, streaming it from their phone oh. to YouTube, and then I was able to join the live on my laptop. That's how many people. So I think Swiss Beat said that there was like three million people worldwide on different platforms watching this battle, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah, and generally, um, I really just enjoyed. They did their song and their little stories that they, and yeah. I want to say little stories. It's like, so, you know, when I was talking to MJ on the phone, I'm like, oh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, and then Hallie, you know, hollered at Halle Berry and Madonna, just name dropping. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think, I thought it was really good. I love the song, the song list as well. Just like, 
there were just some good songs. It just brought back memories, like some good tunes, good yeah. bangers back in the back in the day. There was one line that Babyface said, and he was like, I think it was the uh, Janet Jackson, "I Get So Lonely," and he was like, "Oh, you did that? You did that? Oh, the remix? Okay." I mean, I don't do No, no, he did. He, he, <laughs> no, he, he did. He asked the question that you knew yeah. the answer to. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you did that song? He knew he didn't do that song. And yeah. then Teddy Why was like, oh, but I did the remix. And he was like, oh, we're doing remixes. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't really do remixes. Ha ha ha. <laughs> like, I, I get it right the first time. <laughs> I take it to remix. <laughs> I was like, oh. It was Shady Face. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then when he brought out the guitar, Yes. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, and Teddy Riley then went to go and get his. He said, he said, oh, my laptop's dying. And then let me go get my charger. And then came back and he had a keyboard. Yeah, he does do that. I was like, where's where'd the keyboard come from? Oh, it does <laughs> so too much. I appreciate both of them, not only mm-hmm. for entertaining us, but reminding the world of their hits and stuff. Yeah, like definitely. That. Um, it was definitely a great clash. And it's something that I'm going to tell you now, we're mm-hmm. never going to see again because Babyface has logged out of Instagram to never log back in again. <laughs> <laughs> who do you um, who do you think won? Who do I think won? I think, I think it was, to be fair, I think it was a bit of an odd pairing because their mm-hmm. music is so different. Yeah. I think based upon just hits, I think... Teddy Riley would take it, but mm. based upon that battle, Babyface took it because of the pure breadth of his like work as well. Yeah, but it was a tough one. It's it's it, it, it's so subjective. Yeah, I agree. Definitely subjective. I was leaning more towards Babyface. Yeah, um, but again, but obviously Teddy Riley's got some amazing hits. I think it was just about entertaining and just yeah, again reminding us of just how great we are because there were some bangers i mean the intro to bobby brown's don't be cruel yeah with the you know harmonies mm-hmm. that alone no one else should even or even not even that tevin campbell can we talk for a minute okay but i didn't know it was about stalking i mean he said that i feel like he's told us <laughs> tevin campbell tweeted that <laughs> him I must say, Tevin Campbell and Tony Braxton tweets during this during that time were yeah. amazing, pure entertainment. Tony Braxton literally said, "Somebody wake me up when they play my song." <laughs> Do you know who was hilarious? Obviously, in the first one where it just failed, um, Tamar Braxton, where yes. she was just cussing. She dressed up. <laughs> she just she she got in her PJs and she's like, "Y'all still haven't started." <laughs> I felt her. I was feeling the same. So yeah. How do you think we feel? Um, We're in UK time. It was like the middle yeah. of the night for us. That's true. And then obviously Tyrese and his 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 errors. The <laughs> there was one on his Instagram where he was basically telling his wife that they need to get dressed up for this again. She was like, No, we got dressed up last <laughs> time. I'm not getting dressed up. Well, <laughs> well let's like not um, doing it. Let's throw in the tile. <laughs> <laughs> And don't be um, <laughs> So that, that's definitely a good highlight. So continuing on on that whole like battle kind of like versus um um vein, 
there yeah. has been a recent one from these guys called um there's no signal um online radio um, okay. i've only become recently aware of them and they have been doing sound clashes where you have two people mm-hmm. and they have their artists and they pick 10 songs to go up against another artist so it's really oh, okay. good and mm-hmm. the one that i've recently so you can actually go back and listen to previous um, clashes. They do like a whole mix after each one and you yeah. vote via um, Twitter, which okay. was quite a storm. So <laughs> the one that was really good um, was the um, Buster Rhymes versus Missy Elliott. Really good um, clash. A okay. tough battle. Mm-hmm. The one that um, has got a lot of controversy um, was the Mariah Carey versus Beyonce. And it was because they didn't really go for all the hits, either either artist. It's a tough battle because it depends, because it's one of Destiny's Child um, songs. Yeah, because I feel like... So they didn't pay Crazy in Love. Yeah, but I don't like that song. No, but if you're you're going into a battle, that's one of the biggest songs of Mm -hmm. that time. They didn't play um, Baby Boy. With Sean, okay. Sean Paul. Sean Paul. <laughs> um, Freakin' Dress, Green Light, you know. Plus, with the other person, when she played um, Mariah Carey's um, Honey, she played the original, not the remix. Come oh, on. Oh, no, we need, we need the remix. We need the remix. Okay. Um, so it's difficult. Go on, I was going to say, it's a difficult one with those two because I'd, I'm not really a massive fan of, old school Beyonce right okay I mean when you say old school Beyonce are you talking about when she first went solo from yeah when she first went solo when she first went solo I just I mean when I think back of of those songs I I just wasn't like a fan like check up on it didn't like it okay check up on it no but me myself and I with the bob okay with the bob yeah okay that's a good one that's a good one me myself and I love okay fine I'll give you that one (laughs) Okay, so so who would but, you take in that battle? I mean, oh, I'd probably go Mariah, even though new Mariah, I'm not quite sure what she sings anymore, but <laughs> okay. I, was, like, I don't know what she's doing, but I probably, yeah, I feel like she's probably, I'd go Mariah. Okay, okay, yeah. so I'm going to take Beyonce okay. for the sake of this discussion. Well, now, now so think of a, think what of a song. song, what would be your ultimate you know, final round Mariah Carey song to go against um, Beyonce. Oh, it's between the phone. <laughs> I know because I'm looking up all of them. Do you know what? There's two songs in particular I would either do. I know you said pick one, so it's either um, Fantasy. Okay, yeah. When she's on the roller coaster. Yeah. Or the, it would um, be the ha- remix or the um the original. So the ODB um, version or the original of fantasy? Oh no, it'd be the ODB version. Okay. And yeah. the same with honey, it'd be a remix. Okay. Okay. Oh I've I've got to pick one though. Pick one. Uh, uh let's go. Just because of the video, let's go, honey. Honey. Is it I love that song though. I just love the video and Mariah as well. Slightly dances. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that awkward dance. Yeah. <laughs> and she does look, she looks amazing in that video as well. She does. Okay, yeah. Yeah, let's do honey. Honey remake. 
What about okay. you? Okay, to go against honey. That's tough to go against honey. Mm. And it's tough because the songs that I probably would have gone for would have been Destiny's Child songs. Okay. So I think, you know, No, No, No is a classic. Say My Name. Yeah. Classics. But Beyonce, just her stuff. So um, my personal fave Beyonce songs are Dangerously In Love and mm-hmm. Me, Myself and I. I will listen to Me, Myself and I for forever. That is a, <laughs> it's a great song. I haven't listened to that for a while. So, you know, after this discussion, I might actually put it on. Yeah. But <laughs> if I'm going to have to battle against Honey, yeah, like D Honey, the Honey that had two versions, so, what, no, three <laughs> versions, the Honey where Mariah Carey played a um, Bond girl. Yeah. Okay, we get it. What's the song? She, <laughs> she jumped off a, a, a jet ski. <laughs> Mariah um who's on fire um (laughs) so I I would have I'd have to go for Beyonce's biggest hit I'd have to go for um Crazy in Love really you know what it is it's played to death but I think if we had some distance from that song Mm -hmm. then yeah then it would we would I think in, in years to come we're going to be talking about that song as what a classic but it's because it's been played to death but if it was a personal choice yeah i'd probably just go i'd go dangerously in love because i love i love that song i really love um just now we're chatting about it i just really love formation not my fave no yeah that could have been left off the lemonade album I forget it's even on that album. Yeah, there's there's some good Beyonce songs. So if you were to pick, if we were to switch sides and you were to pick uh, a Mariah Carey song, what would yours be? No, I would stick with Honey. But yeah. I think if it was like a battle, I feel Mariah Carey has got some really good songs. Like mm. there's songs that she did you know make it last forever she did oh, that was um, a tune. she did on the roof mm-hmm. with bone i like that one she you know that song that i've um, um listened to again recently um the one that she had with jermaine dupree um gosh it's on my twitter uh the one when she made a comeback i mean her major comeback was um we belong together together yeah we um we thought she was over she was like i'm not finished um but yeah that one was that was that's probably one of her biggest um hits as well when she was doing when she was singing with buster rhymes um and she was like not singing but like whispering (laughs) i think if you give it to me i think that's what it's called yeah was that before we belong together i think that was i feel like that was before yeah Okay. Yeah, that was when I just didn't know what she was doing. Even um the song that she had with um Snoop Dogg, um Cry Baby. Yeah, that was a good goes, one. <laughs> she does yeah, a lot of yeah. She to be fair, Mariah was like the queen of remixes and mm-hmm. um, hip hop rap collaborations. Like she worked with everybody. And it was effortless. Yeah. So I, I appreciate I, I understand Mariah Carey it is what it is, what she does now. But when you have that many hits, you can do what you like. 
Yeah. I mean, and I think we just sings her Christmas song for the rest of her life. She's cool. She's fine. And she knows it and doesn't care. No. And that's why I love her even more. Because she doesn't care yeah. about us. us peasants. It's so true. <laughs> she really does not care. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that was a good highlight, actually. That was a good one, though. Yeah. Um, I don't have any, I mean, gosh, highlight of the week. Probably because I am, yeah, I guess I'm learning keyboards. So I am going through learning um, John Legend, All of Me. So, oh, um, yeah. Where's your keyboard? So I saw you have to play it now. <laughs> no, I'm going to play it now. You're, you're Teddy Riley. You're Teddy Riley. Even, <laughs> even though I can actually see it and could potentially plug it in, but I'm not going to do that. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. We'll wait for not the exclusive. <laughs> but um, that's definitely been a highlight of the week. And the other thing I've discovered on Netflix, don't judge me, is the, the reboot of Dynasty. I have watched it. And I, I really like it. <laughs> I support it because they have some Nigerian actors and actresses in there. <laughs> Same. And I like it. From, I think it's a highlight for me just because it's low, like, you don't need to use your, your brain to yeah. watch it in that sense. And it is trash. Yeah. And sometimes you're just like, it is giving you a bit of Sunset Beach vibes as well. Love Sunset but, Beach. <laughs> so do I. That should be another topic of discussion. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd say that's, that's probably been a highlight. Not as, nothing as big as, as your one, but yeah. Okay, so I will put um, in the podcast description, which is slowly turned into a library, um, a link to the There's No Signal um, website. So if you want to yeah. listen to more of the um, sound clashes, I think they're going to do, um, I think there's going to be like a Burner Boy one. Oh, um, I think Movado. Okay, yeah. Something like that. And there is a Kano versus Stormzy. Um, So, yeah, so definitely worth a listen and do go check out their website. So, will do. So, May, thank you for joining me via Zoom. Thanks for having me, Mo. It's always nice to come on Colour Out the Box. Really is fun. Um, And I love the fact that obviously I can have my own snacks here and know that I'm going to get snacks. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if you know there's a pandemic going on. So, <laughs> so, um, so but yeah, thank this is you good. for coming. I always ask you, but I'm not going to ask you this time about your socials. So moving on, <laughs> we can find, you can find Colour Out The Box on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Do join the discussion. Let us know what you think about um, the um, furlough scheme. Do you think the government should be bailing out um, large corporations? Is it about protecting jobs? Also, let us know how you're coping during this um, time period and what are your top tips, whether you're introvert or an extrovert, and how best to utilise this time. So, um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Okay. Great. Thanks a lot. Until next time. Goodbye. Bye. Okay, that's it. Are we done? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Every time I've come on, I always say... (laughs) (laughs) Let me even stop recording now.